14, 16. You've got to keep it in the number of fingers and toes I have. You know I don't go past that. I hope you have 16 fingers and toes. Yeah, but you said 21, and unless I'm some sort of mutant, I don't have that many, right? I wasn't exposed to that much radiation. Jeez. You sure? I mean, depleted uranium is a thing, but but they said it's probably totally okay. And the kid I had that had like five arms, that was just pure coincidence. So anyway, hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. So without further ado, we're going to introduce you to our famous uh, or infamous, we don't know yet, guest, John John the Wise. So could you please introduce yourself to our audience? Hey, you did it. You didn't mess up the intro, which I don't know if the lore of the show dictates that you must on each episode. But I just want to say that I appreciate that you had this kind of decorum for me. You know what I mean? Well, we knew it was you, so we practiced a few times in the mirror. It was very... He was impressed by the wise moniker. He wants to have wisdom one day, so. Well, you know, um, I I guess the best way to introduce myself is, first of all, to make sure that you guys know I'm not arrogant enough to think that I'm the wise. It's actually from a Shakespearean quote, and I'm going to mess it up. Just like you always mess up this intro, I'm going to mess it up. It's a wise man knows he's a fool, and only a fool thinks he's a wise man. I think I said it right, actually. I think you did actually. Okay, I said call it right. It on account of rain, and say it was perfect. Yeah, so it's that, that it's that Shakespearean quote. It's like the idea that the the guy that's wise enough to know that he doesn't know that many things is is the real wise guy. But there's those arrogant guys that think they know everything, but they have just such a limited scope of knowledge in reality, right? Yeah. So that's that. so that's that's that. Anyway, sorry about that, <laughs> but. Uh, I don't have like a YouTube channel on philosophy or anything like that. That's all that was wasted. Instead, I do a YouTube channel on Cyberpunk 2020 and Cyberpunk Red, two tabletop games from our Talsorian games. They are uh, tabletop role-playing games just like D&D. You guys might know a game that came out recently, Cyberpunk 2077. That was actually inspired by these tabletop role-playing games. The, the creators played it growing up. And they were like, hey, let's make a video game. Well, I, I grew up playing those tabletop games too. And I saw that there was a lack of information on YouTube. There was stuff from our Telsorian games officially. But there wasn't like a lot of YouTube content creator service done for the game. So I made it my mission to do all that. And I got into it. And that's what my content is. It's, it's, if you want to get into those tabletop role-playing games, I have a podcast called Tabletop Cyberpunk. I have a YouTube channel that covers all those things. And on my social media, uh, I, I talk about cyberpunk as well. I connect with other content creators and it's I, I have like a nice little community going on around with cyberpunk. But that's who I am, basically. Well, oh, is it D20 based? No, it's actually D10 and D6 and that's it. And that's kind of like, uh, it's Netflix. like, it's it, it's the thing that they say, like, you know, we'll never do a D20. They've actually, I think they've said, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but they said they wanted to do D20. They, they talked about it, but they wanted to be different as well. And Mike Pondsmith, the creator of Cyberpunk, he said, I like things one to 10. It's so easy to scale things one to 10. You know what I mean? So yeah. D10 is is perfect in that sense. 
It's e math even JR can do. Yeah. Yeah, Indeed. definitely. So the next part of the introduction, dear listeners, how we first found them. So we actually were put onto this guy from um, our Lord of Cyber, Lady of Cyberpunk, excuse me, don't shoot me, lady, uh, but Miss Rachel Beck. Uh, Shout out. You. Uh, she's rather <laughs> awesome lady. Um, her husband is the first Lord of Cyberpunk. We, we have deemed him so. Uh, but anyway, that's how we found him. So, all right, Doc, the religion questions. This is important. Oh, Star Trek. Star Wars or Firefly? Okay, I wanted to say all of the above, but I tried Firefly and I couldn't really get into it. I'll give it a shot again. You know, I didn't hate it. I like Nathan Fillion, but Star Wars, of course, of course. I mean, of course. And no, I'm not, I'm not a big naysayer either. I know there's a lot of naysayers and negative Nancys. Yeah, I, I like it for what it is, and and uh, and I enjoyed the t the good times. Okay. How do you feel about Dune? I love Dune. I think it's great because it's actually, it inspired one of my other favorite hobbies, which is Warhammer 40K. And that's yeah. like my, that's my second love other than cyberpunk. And if you look on my social media, you'll see that I've okay, been painting and obsessed. I play, uh, my number one army is the Thousand Suns. Wow. Um, and other than that, it's everything chaos. I love chaos demons, chaos space marines. I would say it's Thousand Suns, Black Legion, Zinch, Corn, and uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, and then World Eaters. Like those are my top five. Okay. Uh, of, of I only ever played Sisters of Battle, but I had a huge Sisters of Battle army, including um, Board World stuff. Oh, yeah. Sisters of Battle are so cool. And they got like a new line of miniatures not that long ago. So oh, yeah. they've really given them a lot of love in, this, in these last two uh, editions. Which is awesome because they tend to skip them every like three or four editions. Yeah, yeah. Nerdette, but I didn't know you were into Warhammer. How did you not know? We used to have 15. No, we still have 15 armies in my family. Oh, I wow. I painted them. I didn't know you actually played with them. They're two separate hobbies, I'm told. They are two separate hobbies. Also, buying them and leaving them in the package is a third hobby. So, I mean... Yeah, but you know what? If you put them together and you paint them, you want to take them out for a spin. You know, you got to you got to take them out for a spin. You got At least a little bit. And I mean, there is also nothing better than being in the mall, going to a games workshop store for a gaming event and going, I'm going to kill daddy and watching all <laughs> the normal people look at you like you're crazy. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's my are, experience. That's the point. By the way, my so dad is uh, much better at it than I am. And thank God he rolls crappy. So I did actually manage to kill him a few times. And, you know, oh. your dad is probably much better than me, too, because I'm terrible at Warhammer. <laughs> so we got the game for the oldest child. We paid all the money for the starter set. I think it was like a couple hundred bucks. I don't know what it was, but I just remember it was stupid, crazy expensive. And yes. then after we get it, he glues it all together, paints everything horribly. You know, he was like 12. Uh, and then we get it to say and play, and he realizes there was math, and he's like, yeah, I'm done. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, like, it's, it, it's the most you know math. How much this cost? It's all the math. That's what Warhammer is. And the it's... one we had had like a ruler so you could figure out distances and arcs. Oh, no, 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 it does. Yeah. The hard part for me is the fact that a game can take six hours. And now that I'm an adult, I don't have six hours. <laughs> yeah, that's the it's the really tough part. You know, you could play smaller games, but the, the scale, uh, 2,000 points is the amount that usually people play. And those are like four or five hour games, especially... If you're just like goofing around with your buddy, which is my favorite way of playing, you know, I, I like competitive 
but I love playing in the garage and being competitive with my buddy and talking smack and, and doing that. That's my favorite way of playing. And you do that. It's like five, six hours of gaming. Oh, oh yeah. We used to do that on Christmas break. We'd go to my grandparents and they got so excited that we were going to be using the ping pong table. And then they came down into the basement and they saw that we were doing a two on two war and they were like, Oh God. Oh, that's a whole day event. You get lunch in between. <laughs> I get, um, I get, ping pong, I'll get the first serve in, but there's no passing back and forth. The coordination for that just isn't there. Yeah. My brother played Tau and I can't remember what the other one played. And my dad was playing Imperial Marines. Uh, mm, space nice. Marines, so. Yeah. 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 No, when it comes to 40 K, uh, I know that there's different portions of the hobby, but I love every aspect of it. I devour the novels. I, I, I paint, I, I even do commission painting for like local friends and, uh, I play too. I have a game this Thursday. So, so yeah, I love everything about it. Do you make your own terrain or do you buy like the prefab kits? That's funny. Cause that's like the next thing that I'm tackling is, uh, like I'm saving all those like end caps of like packaging, you know, those foam ones, you know, even when you're not a terrain maker, you look at that stuff and you're like, man, that would be a cool little building or something, you know? So, so I'm just letting my imagination go wild. And uh, I'm actually lucky. I have a local gaming shop, shout out Green Tower Games. And the guy that owns it, uh, Garrett, he's a really, really great guy. He's so knowledgeable about all of that stuff. So he's been giving me great tips. And, and I was able to get into the hobby, like really jumpstarted because of him. So he's helped me out with, with terrain ideas too. I love making terrain that used to be um, our basement is still full of terrain after giving away many tables worth. Yeah. That's a, that's the pain of it is, is storage. And like, uh, you know, talking back about the, the gaming shop owner, he's like, this is the best part about having this place is I got a place to put all my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he can play with it and he doesn't even have to keep it. Yeah. His hobby is now a tax deduction. Exactly. His he gets paid for his hobby. It's great. So well, we have that. Hmm? I imagine there's something therapeutic when you get all these annoying little prick teenagers and you can like kill them in the game and like show them like a thing or two. Like that's gotta have some catharsis. Having worked in retail, I know what jerks people can be. Yeah. They yeah. are. Yeah. Oh, just because I painted my fatterist militia, which are basically meat shields, to look like specific members of my family who are annoying me as a teenager doesn't mean that we should, <laughs> should talk about it. I mean, it. I wasn't going to mention that. You told me that in confidence, Doc. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's pretty well known. I think my brothers actually particularly love the models that they had of themselves. Have you gotten into the 3D printing of the models yet? No, that's like another thing. It's like airbrushing, making terrain, and 3D printing are like the three things I'm looking at like over my fence, you know, like the guy in the home improvement. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, uh, Mr. Wilson, is it Wilson? I think it's just Wilson, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking into those hobbies from up there, and my wife's like, you're looking at the 3D printers, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just looking at them. So, well, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, but but I mean, you could sell what if you if you design in uh, whatever program you need. If you design your own characters, you could sell them and offset the cost. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I'm not really looking to offset the cost more than I just want freedom to, you know, if I want to make like an alternative army, I can just do it and not have to worry about the cost of it too no, 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 much. No. You know what I mean? The, the offsetting the cost is just a lie we tell our spouses so they go. Oh, along with it. <laughs> gotcha, oh, no. gotcha. It's a I'm so bad at lying. 
<laughs> that would never work on me because, well, I'd be the one doing it. Yeah, yeah, but, that's true. Uh, yeah, no, I understand because I was convinced my seraphin needed to have wings on them instead of jetpacks. So I had to buy a lot of wings. No, you're that right. And you're absolutely them. right, actually. You're you're absolutely right. They look so much better with wings. Yes, they do. And yeah. um but yeah, they're awesome. And my we did um wait till you start making your own molds of individual pieces that come out. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah that's no. See, that's the thing. The The actual truth of the matter is these models, these plastic guys, they don't devalue, which is crazy. What else do you know where you buy the product, you open it, you use it, like you paint it, permanently paint it, well, semi-permanently, and it's actually worth more than what you bought it, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I, I have an old school Rhino, which, um, Jair, you'll love this. My mom came out to visit when I was in one one and she came out and she saw the one one threes and she goes, look, it looks like your rhino at home. And everybody's <laughs> looking at me going, what the hell? Smoke? Yeah. Yeah. Going, it's, the, it's the old school rhinos, right? Yeah. Because the old school rhino was designed off of the concept of a one one three. So of course yeah. they look a lot alike. And my mom's like, can you paint the inside? Like you did yours. And I'm like, shut up. Okay. Now, now, now you need to shut up, mom. <laughs> That's great. Because I didn't care if the nerd flag, how high it flew or anything. But at the same time, I was like, mom, oh, yeah. you're not I going to talk about my paint jobs. Yeah, yeah. No, the, as far as the I nerd don't want flag, to end up with the extra duty. I've given in really to nerd, nerdosity. I, I let it in completely. It's something that I suppressed growing up in high school because uh, I wanted to fit in, which, you know, spoiler alert, I still didn't fit in. Um, but uh, now... I get to just do whatever I want, you know, like I love, I, I can't believe I stayed away from all this stuff for so long. Well, it's a matter of if you're happy and it's healthy for you and honestly ignoring who you are, isn't healthy. No, no, it's not. And, uh, I loved all, I love all that stuff. I still love it. And now I love it even more. And now it's way much cooler than it used to be. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Henry Cavill paints Warhammer miniatures. How how loser can you be if you paint Warhammer min miniatures when the hottest man alive does it too? Who is hallowed, she? Never heard of her. Hallowed be thy name, Emperor Cavill. Yes. R much respect to him. He's the emperor of all Warhammer fandom now. <laughs> yes, he is. He's amazing. Yeah. Should we know who he is? Uh, JR, you know who he is. Have you heard of somebody called Superman? Nah, never heard of her. <laughs> I'm, I'm just messing with Doc. The yeah, Witcher? I yeah, he knows. She crushes out. It's okay. Come it's on. Adorable. Everyone knows who Henry Cavill is. As soon as you set eyes on those beautiful eyes of his, you know exactly who he is. You know what? Henry Cavill is well worth the worship. Yeah, he's beautiful. He's a beautiful man. And uh, and now I know that he loves the same things I do. So, I mean, he could be my boyfriend. I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm totally cool with it. <laughs> you know, I would not kick him out of bed for leaving crumbs in it. I mean, we would have so much fun. I mean, that's it. We just like watch movies and play Warhammer all the time. What's better than that? I know, right? Yeah. So we have definitely uh, derailed ourselves into the Warhammer fandom, which I'm sure is confusing JR. But <laughs> so uh, I do want to ask one other question. On. Well, while we're on Warhammer, before you ask that question, do you do the Warhammer fantasy games? 
No, I don't. Uh, I try to give fantasy a try, but I didn't really connect with it all that much. It felt a little bit satirical. Uh, and I don't mean, uh, I mean like comedy wise, you know, because it is a sat Warhammer is supposed to be a satire anyway. But it just, it, it took me out of it a little bit. And I feel like the 40K universe is, a, it, it grabs me in way more than the fantasy. Okay. I love the Wood Elves, but yeah, I painted a lot of Wood Elves, but I didn't get so far into them that I like. I played more than a couple games with them. But. You know, I think the the human factions with their goofy helmets and pinstriped outfits, I just <laughs> couldn't. I could not get into that. The problem is that it it was very historically accurate in some cases, but yeah. at the same time, it is such a different aesthetic to us now that it looks like a cheesy movie. Yeah, it's also like, you know, in uh, I, I still think in UK courts, they wear those like powdered wigs, the lawyers. I have no idea. I've the never had the fortunate pleasure of going. They do, right? You know about that, JR? Yeah, I used to watch Law & Order uh, UK. Yeah, um, yeah. It's they like, had uh, a lot. What? Yeah. Was a they, Law & Order UK. I used to watch it. Yep, that's where I saw it from as well. I used to work for this company where we like test the DVDs. Anyway, long story short, I watched the same thing. And uh, I was like dumbfounded when everyone was wearing those powdered wigs. Even the women were wearing the same like curly wa George Washington wig. Yeah, I know court. what you're talking about. It just seems very. That's what I'm saying. It's, 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 a, it's a I was, How am I supposed to enjoy this show? Like I, all I'm doing is thinking like you guys look goofy, you know. I'd be in so much trouble. I wouldn't stop laughing. <laughs> exactly. But no, I never out. have to go into a UK court with powdered wigs. I'll shout out to the UK. All right. Shout out, you know, love and peace and love and respect. Love you guys. They <laughs> they, they gave us Warhammer. So, you know, your, they did. It's, just, it's just your court system that we're a little weird about. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you about Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and Wheel of Time and which one you prefer better. But I want to know how you think about the new Matrix movie. Oh, Matrix I liked it. It's a little cyberpunky, but not quite true cyberpunk from my understanding. No, Matrix is definitely one of the founding fathers of cyberpunk as far as like founding media. Because the aesthetic of cyberpunk is is ingrained in that show. That edgy trench coat uh sunglasses almost a superhuman uh, ability that's all cyberpunk that just screams cyberpunk technology destituteness all of that so i i actually like the new movie um i think that they could have done a terrible job and made us all go like ah oh, you ruined it you know but they didn't do that instead they told like a a fun story um, you know, I don't think it was like as groundbreaking as the first Matrix movie when it came out. You yeah. know what I mean? But uh it was fun. I, I thought it was fun. I liked it. I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet because uh we were binging all things holiday in our house for a while and yeah. I finally got to turn return to the land of not binging all things holiday. Well, yeah, luckily for us now they they just do like straight to t straight to home streaming now i mean oh, how yeah. awesome is that that you could just watch it at home you know uh, i love that because i really don't like going into movies where people do things like move around behind you yeah 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 i mean the wife and i if we're gonna go to a movie we do the whole like uh the luxury ones which is not mm -hmm. i mean you basically just pay extra just so people leave you alone you know what i mean <laughs> that's it <laughs> i'm just totally so able to, to do that people next to you you know 
totally able to do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but as far as uh, um, the other three, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Wheel of Time, love all three of them. Uh, I Wheel of Time and Lord of the Rings. I saw the Lord of the Rings movies in the theaters when they came out. Didn't read the novels. Still haven't. And after those movies came out and I devoured it and it's still part of my, you know, lore, personal lore, I decided to get into the Wheel of Time. I had a girlfriend at the time that bought me The Eye of the World by Robert Jordan, which is the first book of Wheel of Time. And uh, I just got super into it and didn't realize that a thousand pages per novel is actually one of the most gigantic series ever made, right? I don't think that's normal, right? It's not, it's definitely like George R. R. Martin, Brandon Sanderson, and David Weber. Yeah. They're they're the, they're like the, the trifecta of super thick long books. Yeah. So the Wheel of Time series, I enjoyed it. It, every novel, it was better than the last. I do think it had like flaws. I don't think Robert Jordan wrote women very well. Um, but I, I don't think he did a very bad job. I just think that uh, sometimes he would make them really annoying for some reason. I think maybe he was projecting some kind of idea I, he had. I mean, I have a personal theory, but it's not an. It, it's more about the city that he lived in than anything else. Gotcha. So, yeah, I don't know what was at play there because the women. In, he lived in, in Charleston, the, didn't he? Yes, he did. And uh-huh. have you met a lot of the women from downtown Charleston? They pull on their braids. <laughs> Yes, that does happen. Yeah. Yes, it does. I say I say this having family from downtown Charleston. <laughs> and in fact, my grandmother went to school with his wife. And oh, they were wow. best friends. That's hilarious. Even though I never met met him during that time period when he was alive. But I've met his wife. Okay, so basically it's your fault, your family's fault. <laughs> I would totally blame Dolly Small. Totally blame Dolly Small. That's funny. Well, the but see, you know, I give him a pass because the women in his books are really powerful. You got the Aes Sedai and all those other cool characters that are like front and center powerful part of the story. So, so he had good intentions. That's what that tells me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but uh, I, I just I just started the TV show, but I haven't read the books yet because they're so freaking long. Oh yeah, it, man! My it's wallet a huge can't afford commitment. to buy those. No, no, and you don't have space on your bookshelf. I'm telling you, a thousand pages each, and there's like fourteen of them, fifteen, something like that. Well, I I do all my reading through ebook because I can magnify the print or audio. So, like, I've got to commit to to spending the money to do it. Although somebody tells me there's this library app where you can like check out ebooks. So I'm going to have to dive into this concept. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that might be a nice way. But yeah, it's definitely going to be a time suck. Uh, I would recommend getting into Warhammer 40K before I'd say Wheel of Time. Because <laughs> there's like even more Warhammer novels. They churn, They have like 10 uh, authors. I've read some of them. Um, yeah. I love the Black Library. And uh, some of their cover art is just phenomenal. And you, you'd know immediately that is Black Library when you see it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Grimdark I, is, I mean, the world is grimdark enough. Gotcha. So. You, you, want, you, wanna, you don't want to uh, read about the suck. You want to get out of the suck. Yeah. I mean, I lived yeah. the suck for a while, and I'm perfectly mm-hmm. happy not going back there if I don't have to. But so, their suck I mean, isn't necessarily sandy. This is That's true. I, I can I can deal without the sand. 
Yeah, I don't the, even look at the beach quite the same anymore. The, <laughs> actually, the things that I love about Warhammer isn't what we call uh, bolter porn or the people that read it. Because, you know, there's like pages and pages of he shoots him with this gun and his guts explode and then a demon comes and slices his head off. Like that's all well and fun and cool to listen to. But it's the interpersonal relationships of like the father-son dynamic the whole Jesus Christ thing flipped on its head. And, and, and it has so many ideas in it that connect to you personally, in my opinion. That's what I actually like about the novels. So I actually I, I, talked to when I, I've been to like two or three conventions in my entire life and my liver did not like the amount of uh, anxiety pills I had to take to be around that many people <laughs> walking behind me and giving me the heebie-jeebies. But anyway, uh, yeah. I, I met an author that's written in both Star Wars, Star Trek and Warhammer uh, in some of the properties he's written in. And I asked him what was the worst. And he said, hands down, the worst franchise to write for was Warhammer because their fans are so anal. And oh, if yeah. you're even a millimeter off, like, no, 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 that gun is actually 2.7 centimeters long. You're wrong. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They're, yeah. they're lore, but, lawyers. But their costuming is amazing. Have you seen uh, Paige Garner as a cosplayer? And she has an amazing Sisters of Battle costume. And it's very funny because I'm like... It's a sister's about. I accidentally stumbled upon her, like, in the costume, and I just kind of just stared. And my friend's like, "Okay, you're weirding me out now." I'm like, "Do you see the cost? Like the level? Because it's amazing. She has stained glass panes. I'm like, she's yeah. a kid, and it can't. And my friend's like, "Dude, it's just a wear." I'm like, "No, it is a very specific one." She's like, "Oh God." So but see, there was actually at Ravencon somebody that came in with a Space Marine was his cosplay, and he was like nine foot tall when he was wearing it. Cause <laughs> I guess he was on stilts or something. I don't know. Yeah, because that's accurate. That's like, uh, you know, accurate. They're supposed to be like nine feet tall or eight feet tall. I, yes, I just want, he had to get help to get in and out of his cosplay, and he couldn't go to most of the event because the ceilings weren't tall enough. <laughs> so he was funny. mostly in the hallway. But it was like, worth it. Medication for one day. Yeah, hey. Great. But he was a hero to a lot of people there. <laughs> a lot of people were lining up to get his picture. He could have probably charged money to get pictures. Nope, anyway. you cannot charge money as a cosplayer at most conventions. Oh, I'm not saying that you could at most conventions. Like, I'm just saying it was that level of um, people wanted to stand next to him to grab pictures. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. It's fun. That's all fun. But, uh, you know, the thing about the hobby is I have a friend that doesn't know anything about the lore. He knows, like, very little and he just likes the the competitive play aspect. He doesn't like to paint. He doesn't like to assemble. He just collects and plays and doesn't care about anything else. So oh, there's wow. like room for everybody in the hobby is what I like about it. You can like dive deep into the novels and never play. And there's even something called Warhammer 30K, which oh. is called the Horus Heresy. So it's basically the Horus Heresy is 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 the origin story of Warhammer and like how it all started. And yeah. people were reading those Horus Heresy novels, playing Warhammer 40k and, and learning about its past. But then they decided, why are we why don't we play this like past game too of these like yesteryear space marines that battled each other? And then that whole line of of, of stuff came out. So now people collect those and play that. And that's like those guys are hardcore. Those well, guys are super hardcore. I got my nine-year-old addicted. He has a Warhammer Underworld, which is like a squad version of it in a way. Yeah. Um, much cheaper to get into. And uh, yeah, my nine-year-old's playing already. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm ad admiring your uh, dedication 
We're not going to call it an addiction. We're going to call it dedication. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Honestly, it's just Games Workshop trying to get Warhammer models in every house. They have board games, card games. I mean, there's even a Munchkins Warhammer that I have. I know. My dad has it. I give it to him. There was a phone <laughs> app, but it was game for Warhammer, but it was horrible. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of really bad Warhammer games, unfortunately. So do we want to keep going on your Warhammer addiction, Doc? Are you guys, are you guys good? Or, you know, we could keep the interview. We should probably talk about Cyberpunk. That's Because that, that's actually really why we got him here. All right. Well, before we do that, so we here at the Blasters and Blades, like both the fantastical and the scientific. So what was your first love, sci-fi or fantasy? Oh, man, it's hard to tell. I think the first time I was ever exposed to any kind of sci-fi fantasy was it had to be fantasy i don't know if you guys have heard of this uh cartoon called the last unicorn i, have. I love it okay so my i that was like the f- go ahead sorry i was just say you can't see this because uh because we're not having a camera going because of wi-fi issues but uh doc is over there giggling and jumping around and spilling her vodka or whatever beverage she's drinking i do so not excited. spill my drink hush your mouth she's so, she's so excited about the last unicorn she just heresy will get you retribution jr oh <laughs> man dude <laughs> jeff bridges christopher lee i mean it the cast is insane but anyway i i grew up watching that uh that was like one of the first movies my parents just bought me i don't know what attracted them to it the vhs when i was like a kid um and they just like you know and that was like the first thing i I saw these unicorns and magic and monsters the red bull that like scared the crap out of me as a kid yes it was very scary the skeleton that the that drinks the the alcohol that thing is oh man schmendrick is great i mean anyway but that was like my first exposure afraid of giving people hugs because of that movie oh wow the the entire tree thing yeah oh the tree with the boobs yeah so you, yeah, I remember. Uh, so you said your first memory was of engaging in speculative fiction was was the movie. Was there anything before that? Was it uh, before the last unicorn? Were there any books or games or anything that exposed you to? No, I was born life? in I was born in eighty six, and I think that movie came out in like eighty seven. So it has to it's, be like the very first. Thing. Yeah, it's the uh, same animation style as the Hobbit series as well. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. And uh, that the whole VHS concept, dear listener, for all you youngins, that stands for uh, video cassette tape that we would put in our D, uh, VHS player before there were CDs. Oh, and man. that's where we got the please be kind and rewind became please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platform. Dude, CDs. Imagine those, we had to go. Even CDs are antiquated now. We're, we're I know. <laughs> but I remember when you'd go to the Blockbuster, I, I actually still have my card for, uh, for Blockbuster. I probably still owe them a 99 cent late fee, but, yeah. you know, they're gone. So. Yeah, so they're not going to collect. Muted. Don't worry. Yeah, I think Jock's you're going to be muted, fine. So she's laughing. I, I think there was one that existed <laughs> for a while. That was the last one ever, and then it became like a a, a retro themed B and B kind of deal instead of actually renting videos. There's so, a yeah. there, there's a documentary on it. The last blockbuster. It's on Netflix. It's in I think in Wisconsin or yeah, that sounds right. So that's uh, right up somewhere. there with the uh, the people that owe money to Columbia um, CD House. They would do the the, the you get a letter in the mail and you're like fill this out and we'll send you all these free cassette tapes oh yeah yeah you can yeah. pay us later yeah the everybody Columbia. got those and then canceled because they were kids and they weren't old enough to consent encyclopedia britannica remember yeah. that yeah all right we're Doc definitely dating ourselves 
she was over there in Saudi Arabia when all the cool stuff was happening. Oh, so wow. she missed all that. You yeah, missed I'm all over there when all the uncool stuff was happening. So there. This is true, but you got to dance to Elvis and disco in the nineties. What the hell are you talking J- about? JR, listen, you didn't get to play Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis as you told me off mic. You missed the true. entire nineties gaming <laughs> my, sensation. My like, I was here in the nineties, thank you. My mom was like, you don't need a a video game system. You have a computer at home. Keep in mind, this was like the late 80s and early 90s. And it was a Commodore 64 that was old even then. But we had Pitfall and Frogger. And I think there was another one where you're like racing. In like 96, I think my grandmother bought my mom a Nintendo 64 for us because she literally told my mom, I need your help and I need the kids to be babysat. <laughs> that hilarious. was my great grandmother for you people. That's hilarious. So we did. I, I didn't get a, any <laughs> a gaming systems until after I got out of college and out of um, my second deployment. And then I went and bought an Xbox. The original Xbox was what was out, and, and it was I was hooked from there because Halo was awesome. But of course, I did all the things my mother wouldn't let me do growing up. So when I did that, I opened all the windows and all the doors. I turned the heater and the AC on at the same time because my apartment could do that. And uh, I called my mom and I'm like, guess what I'm doing? And then I told her and she just laughed. And she's like, yeah, talk to me when you pay the bill next month. <laughs> uh, we didn't mention that again. It never happened. That's great. That was, that was great. horrific on the electric bill. <laughs> but anyway, I digress, as I always do, because we go they down. Are, I'm waiting for you to yell, get off my lawn. I mean, I do. <laughs> I think about it. I stand out there and I shake my fist at the sky and I scream, you kids yeah and there's no one on the street right (laughs) i'm I'm by myself because you know kids don't go outside and play anymore i don't know no 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 it's illegal now uh no i uh i confiscate at least once a month my uh, my all my son's electronics for an entire day you're a good mom i do that too and they hate me for it but maybe they'll like i also make him do push-ups are really bad push-ups but i make him do push-ups when he's annoyed me you're too hyper do 20 (laughs) push-ups He might not thank me later. He might start a podcast and also complain about me like I just complained about my mother. So who knows? <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't understand why you complain about your mother. She's perfect. She's wonderful. That's just because she likes you more than she likes me. It's, it's, it's a shame, this. people. I might need to adopt a new mother or something. It's getting out of hand. But uh. Uh, All right, let's get back on track because I sidetracked us yet again, but not as bad as the Warhammer uh, Rabbit Trail doc jump. Hush down. your mouth. Hey, I'm right. listen. If you if you wind me up on Warhammer, we'll never stop. Uh, you know I can I can. Are? We okay, haven't I even scratched the surface. Question. Doc, bite your tongue. I got a Warhammer question before we talk about why you love speculative fiction. What's okay. the best drink to pair with the game of Warhammer? Uh, best drink. Okay, oh. it has to be a drink that you can always be drinking for five hours straight. So if it's like uh, a cocktail or a straight drink. You're gonna. You're not gonna make it through the game. It's got to be beer or wine, in my opinion. Yes. Okay. Mead will work too. Yeah. You got and and you got to go light beer or a wine that you can keep on drinking. Unless you know you're a pro, I'm not gonna tell you how to drink, but uh, you know that's my opinion. Okay. All right, Doc. Do you wanna you wanna second that or you got your own opinions? I would say the only thing I would add is I've had a lot of fun playing Warhammer while drinking mead. But Oof. we all know I am very biased and I love my local meadery, which yeah, is Doc has, a bit of, Doc has a little bit of blood in her alcohol system. So she, you know, she's got. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. See, you just got to, you know, but, refill the gas tank, basically. That's right. So I have water. About? I drink water. It's in it's mixed into the wine. It balances out. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's some 
water in there. Uh, so what it's is it solution. about? Solution. <laughs> yeah. So what problem? I don't know, but we'll, we'll keep going. So what is it you love about speculative fiction as a genre? I just love the escape and the philosophy and and predictions. Like cyberpunk is one of those genres of what if, you know, a lot of the authors they've said that they came up with these ideas and didn't think that it was actually going to happen. You know, they didn't think the dystopian world that they had imagined would actually happen. They just saw something in the horizon. You know, they saw these corporations kind of taking over. They saw technology sweeping in and they decided, you know, what is this going to be in a hundred years or a thousand years or 20,000 years? And, that kind of thinking, I'm all for it because we can learn so much about ourselves as human beings, as, as, as people, if we exchange those kinds of ideas, because the future is what we have, right? Well, hopefully we can do some of like the ethics discussions within that because it's a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. And uh, without actually making the huge mistakes that, you know, some of these stories show us making. Yeah, I do think, unfortunately, a lot of things cannot be undone and like they're already well on their way of uh, being a reality. But there it's there are some other things that I'm glad that we kept in fiction. You yes. Know? <laughs> yeah. Like Warhammer, I was always saying uh, Warhammer is one of those worlds I would never want to be in. I mean, no. Warhammer is not a nice place for the average person. It is not a good place to be in. It's terrible. It's 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 the worst. It's worse than hell. Might as well just die, you know. Yeah. Um. And that. And I wondered, like, why do I like that about this genre? Why do I like this genre that's just so bad, you know? And that's what it is. It's because it, the interpersonal relationships. The. Yeah, it, I don't know. We keep talking about Warhammer. <laughs> I mean, we might have to rename this episode the Warhammer um, AA group. Yeah. Warhammer's well, see, the thing is, I guess the thing is, uh, Cyberpunk and Warhammer, they really have like a Venn diagram of overlapping, like a big middle part of that Venn diagram. I can see that. There's, I've learned that just naturally because as I created my Cyberpunk community with some other content creators, we eventually had people like talking about Warhammer all the time in our communities. So it's like, okay, we'll give you guys your little channel to talk about it. And then it just like kept growing and exploding. The pandemic happened. More people got into it. And uh, it takes it, so much time and you, and everybody, well, okay, not me, but everybody else had a lot of time. That That's the thing in cyberpunk and in, in uh, Warhammer, it, it, puts that thing that idea inside your head that there isn't always going to be a good guy there's yeah. there's going to be bad guys but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's the balance of a good guy too yeah sometimes in warhammer you definitely are well which one's the bad guy that is bad in a way you're okay with yeah i mean there's the guys that wear the eyeliner and worship demons and i'm sure those guys are the bad guys <laughs> Well, but it's then like there's... you know, the, you have the imperial, the imperial, right? Yeah, the they're Empire, they're not good people. Like, they're not everybody good. must worship the emperor, but yeah. it, but it's and you're great because they are promoting you know humanity not dying, but at the same time, everybody's having to worship the emperor. And yeah, it's so, it's like, state run so fascism. Just a point of clarity: Do you think they're evil because they worship the demons or the bad eyeliner job? Because 
you know, in this day and age, I'm not quite sure. What I don't doing. judge people for bad eyeliner because you've never seen me try and put it on. Fair. Yeah, but I mean, look, there we have to know who's the bad guy. You know, if everybody's the bad guy, we got to know who's the super bad guy. And eyeliner is a great way to do it. Okay, fair. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Maybelline, if you're listening, you want to sponsor us, you could just, you know, a special line of totally black, soulless, we'll call it soulless black. Um, and it'll be like the John John the Wise brand. And, and yeah, it will be good. I'm down with that. I like it. There we go. I, I'm thinking outside the box here, people. <laughs> Wait, is Maybelline still a thing, Doc? I don't know this stuff. Yeah, maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah, for sure. I remember the commercial, but I don't know if that still exists. It's a thing. It's definitely a it thing. It is now. a thing. Yeah. I, I'm just amazed that you actually knew what makeup is, JR. You know, other <laughs> I mean, than yeah, the grunt paint, paint that you paint put on. on. I put camo face paint on. It's basically the same thing, right? War paint? Yeah, it's it basically the same. the same thing, but you should probably stop putting it on when you go to the grocery store, just to let you know. Well, you know, That's now you're telling a man how to shop. <laughs> yeah, right? Are you shop shaming me? Yeah, exactly. That's just how I roll. I am not. I will not judge your fashion. I'm just going to tell you you're wrong. Obviously, you don't know anything about tactical shopping. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I thought that's what you do when you have a hyperactive child. Yeah. That too. That's, that's all part of it. Yeah. So, so you, you're tactically shopping with an insurgent. I got it. <laughs> exactly. All right, Doc. We're only 40 okay. minutes in, and we haven't even gotten to the fandom question. So oh, I know man. we're Should having we fast so much forward? fun. I'm sorry. No, it's that's fine. fine. This is fun. So transitioning into some of the fandom stuff, um, what's the weirdest or funniest story you've had with an author or content creator? So uh, going to Cyberpunk because I was one of the first creators for uh, Cyberpunk on YouTube. Artel Sorian Games and I we fostered this like natural relationship with each other. They're, they're awesome. I actually do a show with one of the creators, James Hutt, that is going to be the star of the story. And uh, he's one of the main authors or one of the authors of, of the core rule book. So he made my favorite game and he's great. He's a good friend of mine and we do a podcast together now. But at one point we weren't very close and uh, he decided to come on and do like a charity game with me on my channel uh, or actually it was on a friend's channel, I think. Anyway, uh, he was like, yeah, I'll come on and play. And he said, you know, I've never actually played Cyberpunk. I made the game and everybody wants me to be the game master. So this is great. I can actually play the game. And I say, yeah, yeah, I'll be the game master and you play. And uh, the funny part of it is I basically homebrewed some stuff. And I subjected him to my like homebrew stuff. And he's like, hey, hold on. Wait a minute. What game are we playing? Because <laughs> I didn't make this game. And uh, but he was totally game uh, or, you know, I'm saying game a million times, but he was totally OK with the changes that I made and willing to take them on. But I thought it was just so funny that I have the guy that made my favorite game playing in my game. And I'm basically telling him, like, hey, I changed a few things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did he so, incorporate any of your changes into later versions or supplements? No, 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 he didn't. Um, well, you know, I don't know. He might in the future. Uh, who knows? But uh, you know, everybody has their style, right? That's the thing oh, yeah. about the the Artelsorian games and Cyberpunk. Even in their past books, there's, like, parts in the in the paragraphs that say... Do whatever you want with this. Change things that you see fit for your own game. Have fun with it. And back then in the 90s, games were all written that way. It was like, do whatever you want to do and don't worry about the rules. We're just giving you a little bit of a blueprint. 
But I think future gamers, because of D&D 5e, we've now reached the place where they want to know, they want their handheld basically through throughout uh, the, the system. And then maybe they can go on their own after that. Well, or there's the the super munchkins who we had a guy in our gaming group. We had to take his phone away. Oh, because he would go well according to the rules manual. And I'm like, Shut oh up. yeah, a rules lawyer. Like, yeah, yeah. My goal. Shut up. See, the thing that's that's great about the rules lawyers, if you actually want to know a rule on the spot, they know the rule, and that's actually great. Yes, but that is also why we call them munchkins. Yeah. Yeah. But but when they they're like, hey, wait a minute, it's not supposed to be this way. That is annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm related to one of them. <laughs> it, hey, are you one, one of, of my, them, Doc? I no, know many. I, I have great not. friends that are that way. I'm the person who throws popcorn at my brother when he gets annoying with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, will I don't remember things well enough to be just a rule to throw them you. at him. Well, Warhammer on the uh, flip side is a game for rules lawyers. And There's only my brother has so many armies. It's black and white. It's either you can do it or you can't do it according to the rules. And if you don't do what the rules say, you're playing a different game. That's it with Warhammer. So you talked earlier about it, why that you weren't really into all the nerdiness when you were younger. So what got you into becoming this uh, expert in nerd culture that you are now? Well, it happened um, after my wife got pregnant and um, my child was going to be born. So it was like about three years ago. I was always into like nerdy stuff and gaming and stuff like that. But I had never had a regular D&D group. I'd never had a board game night with my friends. I'd never grew up playing Warhammer, even though I went to the mall and passed by the Games Workshop store and looked in there. I always knew, like, I don't have enough money to play this. You know what I mean? It's not for me. And Do you uh, have enough money for this? Well, I have adult money now, okay? <laughs> so, I could do what I want, all right? Uh, it's, uh, But yeah, basically, yeah, you're right. There's never enough money for Warhammer. Um, but I saw all these things from the sideline, and I always had interest in them, And but I never like really committed to it for whatever reason. Maybe I felt like it was too much of a change or like I'm not that guy, I'm phony, or, or I don't know. I just didn't want to take the chance but when my wife got pregnant i don't know what happened i'm sure it happens to a lot of parents when they're about to have a kid like something snaps in them and i was ready for to say yes to things that i wanted to do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, especially healthy things like having a hobby you know what i mean that's it's so healthy to have a hobby like gaming uh, war gaming and cyberpunk and stuff like that and um so i decided to give it a chance and when I started doing my YouTube channel, I got really good feedback from people, the best. I mean, way better than I ever did from Twitch or any of these other things that I was trying to do. People were like, hey, thank you so much. Seriously, I needed a video like this because I was so confused about the rules and like you really helped me. And it was so overwhelmingly positive from the community and from the makers of the game, Martel Sorian, which were like, thanks for these videos. These are great that I knew like this was the right decision to make, you know, and I just went straight into it. That's, um, yeah, that's a good reason or a good way to do it. 
Um, sometimes though, it's harder to get into those things as an adult because the rest of your adult life, people sort of resent the time you take to do said hobby. So it's great that you have a supportive spouse. Uh, hopefully you're, you're able to monetize it at least slightly to, uh, to justify the time. But yeah, yeah. But you know, it's a labor of love thing. There's no real money in it. And, uh, I never did it for the money anyway. I always said it to the community and myself, as soon as I stop having fun, I'll just stop doing it. Uh, you know. I have I have a regular nine to five kind of thing going on. That's like the more serious thing. <laughs> and this is just like for fun, you know, I, I have a friend and I call it the Amy rule. Um, she was in the SEA and she looked at me and she goes, it's a game. If it's not fun, why are you doing it? Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of that, especially when I was like gaming. I would be playing like these battle royales and MOBAs and stuff that and my wife would hear me like yelling from the other room. I and I was like, you know what? Why I don't want to be this guy that's like angry and playing games and not even having fun. I should be spending time with my family and friends, you know. Anyway, so that's so that's that's what it is. Is your spouse into the gaming stuff too? Or no, no. Stuff? That that's what's so cool about her is she's not into any of it. Like she likes Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, she likes the like movies and video and TV shows and stuff. She's totally into that stuff. Uh, we even she went to. She gets nerd culture, even if she's not into this aspect of nerd culture. Yeah, yeah. She looks at like tabletop role playing the way like tabletop gamers look at LARPing. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're like, you know, we're not gonna go that deep. Like, I, I, I respect you. You know, you want to go out into the forest with your, with your buddies and and do live action role playing. Do your thing, man. Be happy. I'm proud of you that you're happy. But it's not for me. And that's basically how she is she's like i like all this lord of the Rings stuff we even went to hobbiton for our honeymoon in new Aww. zealand we saw it like we were there in person beautiful um but she's like yeah but i'm not gonna get involved with that stuff i okay. i can respect that i i definitely can because i've had relationships with um i call them mundanes my son has taken to calling them muggles that's funny <laughs> i love that He's a muggle, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, and and it is. It can be different. It can be a strain on it, but at, at the same time, it's nice to have things that are, you know, your wife can understand and respect it, but let you have you. Yeah, like my cousin, he's into golf, and I couldn't. I just cannot understand that at all, you know. But um, he can't understand me painting little plastic guys and going to war with them, you know. I, I it's like you just described my cousin. <laughs> in my relationship yeah like his saturday thing is like i can't wait to do a whole nine or whatever the hell they call it right. uh, uh the six hours of golfing and i'm like dude six hours of warhammer sounds amazing <laughs> i i just came home from a golf community uh being up in north carolina in a golf community and i'm like golfing's great it's a great way for people to you know walk give me a lawn to walk on yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're like I mean, Why does don't you putt -putt putt -putt count as golf? Like, yeah. What? Does putt putt count as golf? Because if hey, so, I'm, I'm an expert. To me, yes. But okay. I, you know, no, once again, you're great. I think you're a guy. You're the tiger guy, whatever his name is. You, you just gotta what? watch it because if you do it while you're drunk, the clown is mean. Uh, it's a fair warning. You know what's went, funny though is watching when you look at the game, like the fantasy football league, and you go, "Oh, so it's like." D and D for muggles. Yeah, that's definitely you know they have to admit that that's nerdy. And, uh, and they, they won't, they won't, and I just make fun of them. The more they deny it, the more I make fun of yeah, them for it. Yeah, it's really wild that they don't, they can't accept that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just I so mean, funny. Know, 
sometimes you gotta the first step is admitting you have a problem and if they're not there yet they just they're not on the road to recovery yeah there's yeah. no problem i have no problem i love what i do yeah fair so we were introduced uh to you by rachel beck who asserts that you're sub something of a subject matter on all things tabletop role-playing um and you mentioned that oh you, man she's great uh, awesome she shout out to her thank you, you so much uh, so she she mentions that you have your sort of your own creative space where you do gaming. Do you ever make your own modules? Uh, yeah, definitely. Actually, when I got into cyberpunk, my buddy that taught me, uh, can you cuss on this show or do you guys keep it sure. PG? You can cuss on it. Okay, so uh, these are his words, all right? Uh, I When I wanted to get into tabletop role-playing, I went up to him and I said, hey, have you heard of D&D? You know, I kind of want to check it out. I don't know what it is. And he's like, all right, come to my house on saturday i'm like all right so i go to his house and he's like listen john dnd is for pussies and then he takes <laughs> cyberpunk 2020 slams it on the table and he goes like this is for real men and i was like okay you're the all-knowing guy so whatever uh then i so cyberpunk 2020 was my first uh tabletop role-playing game and he basically taught me everything and the way he learned is you make your own stories everything there's no i didn't even know what a module was he didn't even know what a module was until like three years ago i told him like have you heard of modules and he's like what so we were i i was i grew up basically you got to come up with everything from scratch beginning to end using character backstories from your players and weaving an, an awesome fun story so that's that's basically what i'm comfortable with okay yeah. So that's the uh, the purest version. I understand that's what Gary Gygax and company sort of envisioned people doing as well. Yeah. And you know what? I don't knock uh, the module stuff. Since then, I've actually tried reading modules. And you learn so much from reading other authors' stories and the way they put things together that you're like, oh, my God, yeah, this is such a genius way to do it. And you learn things for your games. There is definitely something to be said about really doing it either way. If you're a person who learns as you're doing it, then modules are a great way to start doing it. Yeah. Um, well, the original modules were, were built just more as like training grounds, if you look at them. So yeah, like, like a the, dungeon the, crawl, right? Yeah, or they were like the training wheels for the, for the riding the bike of the game, right? Like, so they were intended to sort of ease you into it by by doing all the, the hard work. So all you had to do was, was start. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So are you ever, do you think you'd ever publish any of your modules or is it just for you and, and your fans and gamers and such? Yeah, no, I'm actually working on one right now. I'm working on a campaign book for a campaign world. And I've collaborated with uh, some folks that I met through my Patreon. And we I've, I made like a Patreon game with them and I, we've gotten like really close and uh we're all collaborating on making one the thing is because it's a labor of love and there's no money in it um i don't suspect to make any money actually i expect to just give it out for free because we're using the ip of of cyberpunk and it's not like a uh, system agnostic I'm, I'm making it for cyberpunk red and uh, Artel Sorian has put out like a public statement saying that basically if you do that, it has to be free, you know, and I'm okay with that. You know, if they want to option it, that's fine with me too. Maybe we could work something out, um, but I'm not really planning on that. I just want to make something fun for the community. 
So are you going to even present it to them or just let them come to you? Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely show it to them first. And uh, because I would want them, you know, to give their blessing on it too, because I wouldn't want, you know, to sour our relationship. So I would definitely show them first and ask them, you know, is everything kosher and, and all that and see what they say. But, uh, but you know, I'm that will be my first ever foray into being an author. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, Doc. Do you have any questions about the uh, whole cyberpunk world? The you know you and you and Rachel were going down the rabbit hole of cyberpunk, so yeah, cyberpunk's fun. It's uh, so I, I just put me on the spot, man. <laughs> I mean, that's just how we roll here. Yeah, I love <laughs> cyberpunk. I love it. So you know, you've said so. Cyberpunk really is going to be more of a sci-fi world mm-hmm. than so. There's no fantasy, but it's a D6 to D10, right? Yeah, D6, D10 system. Exactly. So, And I think that's awesome. Uh, How many character classes are there with this? There are nine character classes, and they basically cover every archetype in the universe of Cyberpunk, not just like characters that you can make. So let's talk about what those archetypes are so that our fans know and our listeners know, oh, you know, I can do that. Yeah, so uh, the first and most popular one is the Solo. And this guy's like the mercenary, has a bunch of cyberware. He's like ex-military. He's the badass. Like he's the guy that shoots you before you even draw your gun. So if you want to live out that cyberpunk fantasy, you could definitely do that. Maybe you're like, you know, security or ex-military or something. A lot of people make Solos as their first character because they want to live out that John Wick fantasy right away, right? Yeah. So there's that. Then there is uh, one of the unique parts of Cyberpunk 2020 in red is they have a character called the Rocker Boy. And this is a gender neutral character. Rocker Boy is just a is a term. And this is somebody that is an artist of some type. It, they could be a rock and roll artist. It was It was based on like the punk rock people that basically topple the government and topple corporations mm-hmm. with with their movement. You know, they basically have a message in their music and art that that shakes up the status quo. And you can play as that. And uh, in the world of cyberpunk, every character has to know how to use a gun because uh, it's it's a dangerous world out there. So you're like this gun toting guitar playing uh afro uh you know rage against the machine <laughs> kind of guy so there's the rocker boy uh do you want me to do all nine or just just no i'm ones? just really kind of curious because um there you know i was always a person who played the druid because i like druids but have you seen cowboy bebop yeah yeah i, I love cowboy yeah. bebop it's classic classic so i want to play edward that is my dream I want to play Edward. Edward is the uh, the the hacker one, right? The hacker who types with her toes. Yeah. So the Edward. net the net runner is really cool. So the net runner character in Cyberpunk, it used to be the internet in Cyberpunk 2020 was the internet that we have today, but a character in the lore called Raish Bartmoss set off like a virus that like destroyed the internet. So like if you go into it as a net runner, you'll die in real life, kind of like the Matrix. Okay. And so now the way the net works is instead of being in your panic room in your apartment and hacking into databases, you actually have to be there personally and be in a local area network and hack in through there. And you're now this crazy wild 
daredevil because who would want to do that there's like guys with guns everywhere and attack dogs and cyber turrets and you're going into the into the shit with your virtuality goggles because you want to hack some like sensitive information you're nuts so net runners are these daredevil maniacs that live fleetingly and they're experts in getting into systems and dodging viruses and black ice programs to get sensitive information that they can sell to the highest bidder. That is awesome. While now, trying not to die. While trying not to die. Because if you die in the net, you die in real life. Uh, like you're, It basically like shocks your brain. It does direct AP da- HP damage instead of going through your armor. So you can yeah. like fry and just die right there on the spot in real life. So with doing all that, you know, um, I heard rumor that there might have been some fantasy creatures within Cyberpunk. Uh, so the fantasy creatures, uh, there, there's like different aspects to it. First of all, there's the idea that a company called Biotechnica has like cloned animals that have long since gone extinct because of the collapse okay. of humanity. So they're like, there's rumor that like Bigfoot is out there because they cloned Bigfoot or whatever. You know, it's just like it's funny, tongue in cheek kind of stuff. But then, then like now there's birds and wolves and and bears because of Biotechnica, right? Mm-hmm. Then there is the net where it's like a programmed world. And in the programmed world, you can basically make anything. I can make a beholder be the virus that you're attacking when you come into the net. You know what I mean? Okay. So that's where like the fantasy creatures are. There's also a side DLC called Elf Lines Online. And Elf Lines is the most popular MMO in the cyberpunk universe. It's basically just like a, a satire on World of Warcraft. And uh, there, you could basically play an MMO within the game. It's a game within the game. Okay. Yeah, no, you make like nice. characters and 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 stuff like that. It's James that came up with all that. He's like so obsessed with it. It's hilarious. I love it. So so you have a character in the game who you roll, and then that character has to roll his own character. Yep. Yep. And, and it's very meta, very fast. And if you have enough, if your character, your cyberpunk character has enough money, they can just buy a max level character with all the best gear from somebody on the black market and you could just beat everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fun. So it's like old so, school. Wow. Okay. That's what it is. It's, it's wow. It's, and he even wrote like a uh, campaign guide that is taken from the perspective of somebody making a guide for the game. It'd be like, okay. In the first dungeon, you're gonna see this monster, but you got to make sure that you do this, this, and that. So it's it's like as if a guy is giving you a guide on playing the game, but it's actually giving you an idea on how to run a campaign throughout this MMO. Well, that's kind of cool how he did that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what is your favorite character class to play then? My favorite character class uh, in Cyberpunk is the Fixer, because. Okay. The fixer is basically what cyberpunk is all about. They're the person that knows everybody. They're the person that makes connections and and helps people connect with each other. And that's how they survive, basically. That's how they make their money and survive in a world. Because cyberpunk's all about survival. That's all it is. Do whatever you have to do. Either you sign on a dotted line and work for a corporation as a slave, but you're safe, you know, quote unquote safe in their corporate zone. Or you take to the streets and you become a solo and you become a mercenary and you use your power for killing to make money. 
or you're a fixer and you're just friends with everybody because everybody is a business partner and and you get to like live that you know that uh that fantasy of everywhere you go people know your name and you have people that owe you money and owe you favors and, and you work like that basically so it's i love that dynamic of a fixer That's cool. Okay. So aside from the cyberpunk um, games, uh, and we'll link to all your social medias where people can check out the games that you've, you've led. Do you have a favorite franchise outside of that for tabletop gaming? Uh, so other than Warhammer, I like D and D I like, uh, uh, you know, that's as a, an, an adult with a three-year-old child, it's hard to take on any other hobbies. <laughs> it's already hard enough with two main hobbies with Warhammer and Cyberpunk. So I'm kind of like, I've blocked myself off from everything else mentally. So well, you know, we won't go too deep then into the other franchises, but when you did play D&D, did you play, what edition did you play? Uh, I played fifth edition. Uh, that's when I, that's how I got into it. I played a little bit of fourth and 3.5 because my I had friends that were like this is better which is by the way it's not in my opinion it's, <laughs> it's 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 better i guess if you're the number cruncher but if you're new to the game you just want to play 5 i can you know? see where if you're new to the game i have uh, to be fair i have not That's... played 5 but i grew up with 1 2 and then 3 yeah so, yeah so I mean, from your perspective i completely understand you know for me you... it was go ahead i was going to say i started with 3.5 and then I tried five and then I went to the OSR stuff. I actually find the older stuff a lot easier than the five E stuff. Yeah. It was so yeah. confining because everything had a procedure and it was just like, there was no room to be creative and it sort of felt like it was taking the fun out of it. Interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. You're right. And, and everyone right. complained about the Thaco, but that wasn't that hard to figure out. If you have a sliding, you, you just pair up your sliding scale. You're good to go. Well, other Not, than by no means an expert, but for if sure. JR can handle the math. The math always seems simpler because there was less to factor in. <laughs> uh, it's also possible I was playing games where they dumbed it down for me. So, but well, but I would never dumb it down for you. <laughs> you know, Grandpa Walt can be funny like that. So, but yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention. Other than D and D, uh, I love like Cthulhu Mythos stuff, uh, Call of Cthulhu, and uh, Rifts by Symbiata, Palladium Rifts. Yeah. That's another. That's another thing that I was into back in the day. So did you ever insert Cthulhu into your cyberpunk games? No, magic and Cthulhu and mythos and all that stuff. I feel like it takes me out of the gritty realness of cyberpunk. That's what I like about cyberpunk. It's like the decisions you make in the game are so easy to come up with because it's like, what would I do in this scenario? You know what I mean? But uh, I feel like they have their own place in their genre. You know what I mean? All right. Fair, fair. You, yeah. know, you want that total immersion. So, all right. Well, yeah. I know we've, we've already run long, um, but uh, Doc, yours is question 17 on the, on the form. Is it really? Yeah. 17. I know we've been all over the place. It makes okay. it a little hard to Well, try. so what is your favorite game system or game? I'm definitely a PC gamer. Um, I grew up playing all the like, you know, consoles in the nineties and stuff like that. But when I settled down on what I liked, PC gaming was my thing. I grew up playing Diablo, Starcraft, uh, Star Wars, The Old Republic, World of Warcraft, Counter-Strike, Battlefield. I mean, the whole gambit of PC gaming from all across the genres. Anything but driving games 
and uh, sports games. Basically, I would play. And um, actually, after I had my kid, my well, I didn't have it. My wife had the kid. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't an Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Danny DeVito situation. Was that, that movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Junior. Junior, you know what? what? I agreed only to have a second child if that could be the case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, after that, I just, I don't know, man. I kind of fell out of love with gaming and fell more in love with diving into these like tabletop gaming books and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So do you use any of the um I've heard there's some of the it's almost like gaming software that's designed to support the uh the games themselves, like the some of the map making, the and all Oh that yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely got it. That's actually the only way I was able to play a lot of times because I don't have a local group. It's just me and my buddy that got me into gaming. We don't have, I don't have like a local group, a steady group or anything like that. Anybody that I ever played with was online. So if it wasn't for those like online tools like Roll20 and now I'm into Foundry, uh, those things are invaluable resources for me. That's how I was able to play. So in order to play at a game store, you got to bring your characters. You got your army, says Doc mentioned. So when you're doing it online, does this mean you can have the complete most perfect army? Because why not? It's online, it's digital. Well, yeah. By the tokens, how does that work? So, for Tabletop Simulator, there's actually a whole community for Warhammer, um, where you can just like play for free. Basically, it takes a little bit of work. It's not like very easy plug and play, but after a little bit of finagling, you can kind of get it down, and you can play. But it's not the same as playing in person. Playing in person is is special, and even with tabletop role playing, as fun as it is to play, I think with video chat is the best way to do it. Um, but you know, being at the same table with everybody, there's something special about that. You know, you can't beat that. Yeah, you mute yourself when you're not on, but if you're playing in person, you can hear them groan and cry when things don't go their way. And, yeah, and... You know, Schadenfreude can exist in real time. It's easier to talk over each other, too, without feeling uh, like, oh, it's not my turn. It's kind of this dynamic is we're, we were meant to interact with each other that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so as we bring this puppy to a close, we're going to ask you some fun questions. But to start this this series of questions, do you have a favorite speculative fiction property, be it fantasy, sci-fi, horror, the whole umbrella of speculative fiction? Yeah, it's definitely Warhammer. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I just keep harping on it, but uh, well, I haven't... I already know why then, because you've told us a dozen times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't devoured anything more than I've ever devoured Warhammer stuff. Like, it's... I've never loved anything that much you know usually when it comes to a hobby people like certain aspects of it and they don't like the other stuff this is the first time that i like everything across the board on on the hobby you know what i mean yeah so how many uh yachts and second homes and vacation homes have you bought the uh, people over at the black <laughs> library man uh honestly i'm not even that bad when when you get into the hobby you realize especially if you start painting uh i never put any word out that i'm a painter they find you okay these people are sick all right they need you <laughs> they they uncover every stone and 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 look for you and that's what happened these people are like hey i heard you can paint will you paint I, i'll give you money i know an author that uh in, a, in addition to author he's uh he owns a company in sri lanka where that's what they do they paint minis yeah they, so people in america ship them to them to get painted and ship them back yeah that's uh, exactly yeah. it 
Yeah. I I've known several Golden Demon Award winners who, if you're not familiar with the Golden Demon like JR is, it is a Warhammer F- Games Workshop specific award for painting. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I and I'm definitely who made not good living, enough. Pa- he had he <laughs> and his wife between the two of them had like three or four Golden Demons, and they made a living painting. He well, he worked for he worked for James Workshop because then he bought the models for a nice price. Yeah, and uh, she painted them. And the funniest thing was, she always, even though he had more Golden Demons, her paint jobs always went for more. Wow, that's hilarious. That's crazy. That's so, that must hurt his ego. <laughs> no, no, no. He was totally fine with it. He fine when he figured that out. He's like, I'm just gonna stop selling them. I'm just gonna paint them and sell them under her name. Yeah, there you go. All right, Jack, we got to wrap this up because he's, he's, his baby's crying for him. So, oh, so yeah, he needs, he needs me. Okay, <laughs> he so needs what me. would your favorite piece of steam, steampunk, um, not steampunk, cyberpunk tech be? My favorite piece of cybertech punk or cyber, uh, cyberpunk tech, uh, it has to be just the cyberware. Cyberware is, is the cybernetic stuff like the arms, the legs, the eyes that just it adds a whole new flavor to the world of cyberpunk because that gritty realism is you add that tech factor to it and you're eavesdropping on people on the, in the other room that are talking about you. And that gives you, feeds you information on the campaign and stuff like that. So it's like, I love that kind of stuff. So now we know how you'd abuse that. Okay. All right. <laughs> exactly. I, I got, I, you've mentioned you're not a huge fan of fantasy, so we won't ask you that question, but uh, you are a fan of all things Warhammer. So what is your favorite alien in, in Warhammer? Well, there's only one alien uh, that should be feared in the Warhammer universe, and that's the Tyranids. And yes! the Tyranids, uh, whether you like them or not, they're coming. And they're going to devour everything. And there's nothing you can do to stop them. And that's basically it. And that's what I love about them is that impen- over all the bs drama with like hell coming and and taking over mankind and brother versus brother there's just these aliens that just came into the galaxy and they're like we don't care what you guys are squabbling about we just devoured this other galaxy and now we're coming for yours okay and uh as we we're gonna leave on that dark note so as clearly (laughs) this interview is is winding down but before we wrap this up you mentioned you have some things in the works so what what do you have coming out if if people want to follow you over on the social medias yeah so the if you love cyberpunk uh i don't actually make warhammer content which you would you guys would all be shocked to I, i post like my paintings and stuff the stuff that i paint but um uh when it comes to cyberpunk on my youtube channel i'm going to be starting a series of one-shot adventures for charity for this charity called 50 legs and it's basically a charity that goes around giving adults and children uh prosthetic limbs for free helps them out helps them with their uh, physical therapy and everything it's really great charity from new york and i've partnered with them to basically do a series of one-shot adventures with uh, people in our community and guests and stuff like that and um and all the proceeds that go through that thing will go to charity basically outstanding and this is the part where i remind you yet again that uh your reviews matter so please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms 
Um, your reviews help the right readers find the right books, games, etc. So, so do your part, dear fan of all things nerdy. All right, John, John, as we wrap this up, I know I said that five seconds ago, but this time for real, can you tell people how they can find you on the wild, wild interwebs? Yes, uh, John, John, the wise, that's J-O-N-J-O-N, the wise. You can find me at youtube.com slash John, John, the wise, all social media, including TikTok. I'm like the cool kids. And you can find me on patreon.com slash John, John, the wise, if you want to show some support. Also, don't forget, I have my own podcast called Tabletop Cyberpunk, where I continue talking about cyberpunk. So as much as I talk about Warhammer, I promise you, I talk a lot about cyberpunk too. <laughs> all right. And that will all be in the show notes. As usual, you know the drill. Scroll down in the show notes. Uh, I put a lot of work in tracking that stuff down. So look at it, people. All right. And you can find us on our Twitter at twitter.com backslash SF underscore fantasy underscore show. Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email the show at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. All hate mail related to anything we got wrong about Warhammer can get mailed to doc Seska at blasters and She promises she will send you a loving reply back and tell you to beat your face. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. No, I won't. Group. I'll just tell them heresy begets retribution. Mm outstanding so you can join our facebook group where all the shenanigans happen over at facebook.com backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast again backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast you can go to our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters tack and tack blades anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades where you can also support the show on a monthly reoccurring basis much like you can over on patreon uh, or you can support the show for a one-time event over at buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Hanley. Buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Hanley. Be sure to put in the comment section that it's for the podcast. I promise I will keep my co-hosts, Doc Seska and Nick Garber, duly intoxicated. They will drink until their liver surrenders. Never surrender. <laughs> Nobody likes a quitter. Nobody likes a quitter. Bring by it grab, home, Doc. By Grabthar's hammer. Yes. That's right. He gets it. Thank you for joining <laughs> us and spending some of your precious time with us. For Nick Garber, the ADD one, and J.R. Hanley, the brain damaged one. I'm Seska. This was a Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back with next week with same time, same place, where we indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and unmonitored ADHD content. Have a wonderful day. And this is where he complimented me for getting the intro so perfectly, and then she. Bones the exit. Boo. I get bones. Boo. I don't bone the exit. I just ignore your script. I'm sorry. <laughs> I could go with thing. Nick Garber, the absentee, JR, the brain damaged, and Seska, the liver damaged, if you'd like. All right. This is a closing tradition, John. And then I know you got to go. Pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? Oh, disgusting. All right. He can come back. And with that, I people, like him anyways. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>